Welcome to Multiple Nerdgasm, your destination for all things nerdy. So, we are back again. We are. We are back. Minus Dave again. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, where is Dave? I think he's just very busy at work. Is he? But the thing is, he said he, he, said he was not going to come back if we didn't make our Kickstarter goal. Well. But we did. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't know what he's doing. Um, that is good news. Well, so, I summon is happening. Yeah. So, why don't you remind us, Matt? Well, not us. I mean, obviously... We know what it is, but why don't you remind our audience what the Ice Summon Kickstarter was? Well, we decided that there were too many questions that Steve Jobs left unanswered. And at first, we were lamenting the fact that we would never get the answers, but then we realized we could just ask him, except we needed money to film that Mm. and to buy a fancy Ouija board. So we started a Kickstarter for uh, Ice Summon, the best way to contact the ghost of Steve Jobs and ask him questions. And uh, you, the listeners, or not all of you, I assume, but um, many of you, enough of you... Five to ten of you. <laughs> yeah, kicked in the money and, um, and we were funded. So we, hmm. are, we are going to uh, hire some gear and get a Ouija board and contact the ghost of Steve Jobs and ask him some questions, the most important of which, the one that, that you raised, Dan, on the hmm. show... Was the Apple Macintosh named after an episode of Get Smart? That's right. And then uh, we've got some listeners who get to ask a question too, based on uh, yes. their uh, amount that they kicked in. Yep, uh, so I've got to send out a survey to them and ask what their question is. Yep, it's going to be all dick questions, is what I assume. Dick, dick, <laughs> yeah, dick. Yeah, I assume so. <laughs> yeah, yep. there'll be a lot of talk about Steve Jobs' dick. Uh, yep. And we're going to ask him some questions too, not just the Get Smart thing, but, uh, you know, there's, there's unanswered questions. Maybe we'll ask him about yep. the iWatch. Yeah, yeah. What does he think of all the different variations? I'll tell you right now. He doesn't like it. I assume he's not happy. Yeah. But what does he think about the two models of iPhone 6? Yeah. He does not like that. No. Do not no. give them choices. Tell them what they want. Yeah. Although the original iMac did come in five flavors. Uh, he fought that, though, he if f- I recall. He fought Johnny Ives for it, did he? Yeah, he said, no, I don't think so. And Johnny Ives... I'll fucking take you, cunt. <laughs> you know he broke down and wept at the um at literally at the at the unveiling because he hadn't seen the final model yet and he walked up to it and it had a um a tray loading CD drive instead of a slot loader huh. and he literally cried and said you fucking ruined everything I'm not doing it we're not I said I wanted a slot loading CD drive what is this shit he goes I'm not doing it and they were like Steve you you have to like this the press, is everybody's here. Yeah, like this is happening. This is happening. And he was like, "Nah, <laughs> fuck you all." Well, that's why the generation two one had the slot loader. Yeah, he made them promise through his tears <laughs> that they <laughs> literally. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, and you know, like he, he cried, and they said, "All right, we promise." <laughs> that the next revision will have the slot loading drive. And they said, "You know, it's the the cost and the variations." And he was, like, "I don't care." It looks wow. shit. Huh? He said, we're supposed to deliver the future, and you ruined it. You've delivered the present. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it looks terrible. And I mean, I'm sure it did look terrible, but... Well, the first, the first gen one did. The one that didn't come in five flavors was just blue. And it did have the tray yeah. loader. But then the very, very next time, five flavors, slot loading. Yeah. But a bit of, uh, bit of news for our ice summon for you guys. Oh, yeah? Uh, we've had a listener okay. inform me that uh, their mother, who apparently has a gift of channeling certain spirits, really yes. has volunteered to assist us in contacting <laughs> the spirit of Steve Jobs. Really? Really. Wow. Excellent. So, okay, cool. Ruth, thank you for the offer. Tell your mum... She's in. Yeah. Does she have a sense of humour? I certainly hope so. <laughs> the mother, I mean, yeah. 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 That's. I assume anyone who listens to this podcast must have some sort of sense of humour. <laughs> well, we can only hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone listens to us for, like, hard-hitting, factual news... Yeah, that's right. And not for just silly goofs, possibly they're... Downloading the wrong podcast. 
Because mm. they could have known all about everything we're going to talk about this week, weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into it. All right. So, it's coming up to Halloween mm. um, very soon. And one of the um, traditions of, of Halloween, I mean, not, not so much in Australia, Halloween's fairly a, a newly, broadly celebrated tradition here. It's mm. much, much bigger than it used to be. When I was a kid, I used to get told off by the neighbours for trick-or-treating. Yeah, we had that too. Oh, you actually went trick-or-treating? Yeah, yeah, we used to go. You didn't go? No, I never went. Oh. I went once, and then it was banned in my town. Yeah. And I actually got a detention at school for talking about it. What? Not just, like, off the cuff. I'd been told, I'd been warned not to mention it again, because I was trying <laughs> to get a... It was. A, have you seen that movie Footloose? So you wanted all the kids to go dancing. Or trick-or-treating. Right, imagine that, but with Halloween instead of dancing. I wanted everyone to go trick-or-treating. And I was trying to organise a trick-or-treating thing. And the school was like, that's fucking banned. And if you mention it again, you got a detention. They made an example of you, like an insurgent. That they did. Wow. They beheaded me on camera for the whole world to see. <laughs> Cut off your pumpkin head. Too soon? Is that too soon? <laughs> I think it's possibly going to be too soon for a long time, unfortunately. Uh, I don't want to talk about that on this show. Jesus. But I think trick-or-treating is one of those weird things in Australia. It's trying to take off, but I don't know if it can. Just going to strangers' house and begging for candy. Yeah. You don't think that's going to take off? No. I tell you, kids, I've got candy at my house. Come on over. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to, um, to give candy to little children anymore, are you, Luke? He's not allowed within 100 feet of Luke. Of, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> of children. <laughs> uh, well, another... I mean, not, again, over here now, we, um, we're starting to get all the cool Halloween stuff. Like, um, Movie World has the Fright Nights mm-hmm. um, event every year. And um, they have the, the Haunted Mazes, which is... I mean, for me growing up, we didn't have that a whole lot around. Um, not a whole lot of Haunted Mazes, eh, Matt? No, we didn't, did we? <laughs> no. No. Do we do we have one now? Well, in Sydney, probably not. Actually, mm. that's the problem. Um, we need more of them. But in America, they have lots of them. Yeah. What? What? What have I said? So, so ghosts, ghosts. If you're listening, haunt our mazes. Our mazes are just they're boring. <laughs> yeah. Please, please do. Please do. We don't. We don't have a whole lot of hedge mazes either, which disappoints me. I just want mazes. Luke does. He lives in Canberra, country's biggest hedge maze. Yeah. I can't even say it. Hedge maze. <laughs> you been in that maze, Luke? You know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't. But I might go have a look. No, he's not coming back. Have I just... Did I make that up? Is that not I a thing? I think you might have. Oh. I'm Googling it. Hedge Maze Canberra. You Google it. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> no, nothing's jumping out at me. No? Okay. No. Okay. I think once again I've had a dream and I've, uh, I've started talking about it like it's real life. Yep. Well, As you were, maybe Matt. we can construct one. We'll do a Kickstarter for a hedge maze. Yeah, that's right. Well, one of the one of the big things in the US uh, is the haunted house, mm. and a lot of people set them up in their homes, and and you know communities set them up, and you have a lot of traveling ones. And Rob Zombie's got his own haunted house thing, I think, in California. I bet that's insane. Yep, I bet it's pretty cool. Yeah, because it's got probably the biggest budget of them all. Yeah. Um, but it's a big thing over there, um, uh, except. More recently, uh, there seems to be the um, a phenomenon known as the extreme haunted house hmm. um, becoming more and more common. And uh, I read an article the other day on, on Boing Boing, which I will put in the show notes, where, I mean, obviously we don't have these here, so my experience with these things is, is fairly limited, but there are a few in particular that kind of are now treading the line between assault almost, uh, you know, like, well, what can you and what can't you give people a disclaimer to sign away their rights on? <laughs> right. In, in other words, they're actually going to scare you. You'll be terrified. Well, the one that is mentioned is called McKamey Manor, and it's in, um, I believe it's in San Diego, and it's been running for quite a while, so I assume it's all above board. 
But um, what's this gentleman's name? Oni Hartstein. Uh, he's really into haunted house, so people kept asking him about these extreme haunted houses. And he's written this this quite lengthy article just about his opinion. He basically he he doesn't like them um, because he he thinks they kind of go beyond the fun into the kind of just jackass. Uh, he calls them jackass escape rooms because it, the whole point is to just try and gross the people into to not finishing. Uh, and the right. quote I wanted to read was... Here we go. If you aren't familiar with the concept, extreme haunted houses are buildings that you enter and are treated like an assault victim. You might be locked in a cage, you might see a fake rape, and then the fake rapist might put his exposed penis next to your face, or someone may pu- fake puke on your back. Basically, different bad things happen to you in each room. <laughs> um, and these things go viral because everyone loves a controversy, and controversy equals page views and ad revenue. But... Um, one of the other quotes, he, he says that he, he's talking to some guy. Uh, okay, There's no intelligence test that you have to pass when setting up one of these experiences. On a haunter group, I witnessed firsthand someone articulating their planning for their extreme haunted house next year. He seemed to think that a waiver would protect him from doing whatever he wanted in his attraction, huh. and some of what he was proposing didn't seem very safe. I explained to him that you can't sign away your right to sue in America. And he just kept repeating that he would have a stupid piece of paper that people signed and referenced the guy down the street does it for his haunt. Right. So apparently that's a, that's a, a little fad happening now. Um. You sign a piece of paper and they can, they can basically assault you. Yeah, that's... Uh... Yeah, I don't really think they've thought this through, but... Um... Well, people are doing it, and I guess they seem to be enjoying it. Otherwise, why would they be creating more of them? I've just looked at the pictures here, and it does look pretty fucking intense. Yeah, and and I can definitely, I can definitely see either drunk college kids or thrill seekers going, "Yeah, I'll fucking put myself to the test in there." Yeah, but I can also see people going in, uh, and even if they're told exactly what's in there, coming out going. Well, I didn't ask to be insulted, and uh, yeah, yeah, and I can't believe this is a real thing. Some of the rules are strange too, because one of them says, you know, you you have to sign a waiver that says you explain that you will be touched, and um, but you're not allowed to touch the actors, otherwise you'll be re- you'll be removed from the venue. And I was like, <laughs> well, all right, Jesus, well, it's, it's like a strip club. But but how will I be touched? Does it just say that's what I'm saying? Like depending on what happens in there, like I can't guarantee I'm not going to punch one of these guys. Like yeah. if mm. some guy's putting when he's putting his dick in your cock face. in my face, you know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not signing up for that. If I see that in the waiver, I'm not signing. <laughs> yeah, what it says here? Uh, it says here I might get a dick in the face. What's that about? <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. Just sign it. It's fine. Oh, that's just that dick in the face is a legal term. Don't worry yeah. about that. <laughs> it's just to cover us in case something does happen. Yeah, if if, if if anything resembling a dick goes near anything resembling your face, you wake up. <laughs> exactly. In semen. Well, it's like the time that uh, we all went to paintball. Uh, mm. And the woman said, oh, you're going to have to sign these waivers, uh, you know, to sign away your liability. And I said, well, mm. I never signed anything without my lawyer reading it first and then handed it to my lawyer who was... Also, really painful with us that day. Uh, yep. He read over it and he said, "That's fine to sign because uh, you're signing away rights. You can't legally sign away, so go for it." <laughs> yeah. Speaking of paintball, mm. yeah. Anyone want to go? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. In fact, I was walking through the shopping centre the other day, and you know, they've always got a table up trying to get people to come and sign up for paintball. Oh yeah. And they had yep. one there, and they had pictures. And there's like a crashed helicopter, and there's little buildings <laughs> that you kind of charge into, and that looks awesome. All right. Because yeah, I've I'm done ones before where it's literally just people lost in the bush, and that's fine, but I want to be fucking storming a helicopter. Mm. Agreed. Yep. Okay. I'll look into it, because I really want to go again. But anyway, back to the podcast. Da-na-na. Well, also, something on that note, <laughs> something that that just happened a couple of weeks ago in Sydney that we need to perhaps get involved with next year when they do it, um, mm. there's a big mm. zombie skirmish. Oh, yeah, right. And I really mm. should have looked into this more uh, to find out what it's called, et cetera, et cetera, but I'll try to look and put it in the show notes. But basically, uh, I think they had like 400 contestants, right? And it's set on the Sydney University campus, the whole thing. Oh. Four people start as zombies, and you can run, you can hide, 
The whole thing lasts all day and all night. When you get caught by a zombie, you become a zombie. You then go out of the game. You go into the makeup chair, and makeup artists make you up to be a real zombie. You then re-enter oh. the game, and now you're chasing the humans. That's really cool. And that sounds fucking fun. There's wow. a live radio station that goes through the whole thing to commentate on what's happening, but also give little suggestions, like there's a scientist somewhere in the crowd that has a secret. If you can escort him safely off the premises, he will give you, you know, clues, etc. Huh. Sounds fucking cool. Yeah, that sounds excellent. We should look that up. I will sacrifice you all to the zombies. Yeah, though. you will. I know. Yeah. Well, I can't get, I can't run that yeah. fast, so I will have to kneecap you. <laughs> Jesus, I got really specific. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, geez. Well, speaking of zombies, mm. um, Romero's son, yeah, is crowdfunding a prequel. Um, tell us more. Well, okay, so Night of the Living Dead, classic film, one of mm. my personal favourites, Birth of the Zombies, and um, I read this article the other day that said that. Romero's son is kickstarting to do a prequel, and mm. it said that he was continuing on the legacy. And I had to Google for a second because I was concerned that Romero had died, uh, but that ah. is not the case. Romero is still alive, still wearing his enormous glasses, uh, yep. alive and well. But uh, the prequel—I'll just read you the premise here. Yeah, the premise bothers me. Set in the turbulent late 60s, the film tells the story of a brilliant scientist, Dr. Alan Cartwright, Cartwright, who strikes a deal with the military that will give all the resources he needs to finalise his work in exchange for what he later learns is a price all mankind will have to pay. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's pretty vague. See, I, don't like, I just like the idea that there's, they're just zombies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Don't need to explain it. I don't... I mean, obviously, uh, he hasn't told us exactly what the plot is. That's that is quite vague, mm. but it does seem to go against the rest of the films. <laughs> like, it wasn't the whole point that there wasn't a reason. Like, this just happened. Mm. Like, and I quite liked that about them. Like, like, I mean, am I wrong? They never explained. No, no. As far as I know, in any of them, mm. did yeah. they? Like, that was that was the point. Well, they went into very little detail. Hmm. I mean, even in in Day of the Dead, where the Doctor is experimenting on them and and everything, yeah. they never no. he never says why he like he's experimenting no. to work out how much he can remove of them before they cease to function, and then he he actually discusses the fact that for some reason they can just keep going. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That synopsis doesn't gel. Um, has his son actually done anything else? Or uh, he's a commercial director. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not like he's a total newbie, but he's not made any feature films as far as I know he just he yeah. directs commercials nothing wrong with that no. okay well he's theoretically going to make a splash with this one one way or another yeah theoretically although did you guys watch the Night of the Living Dead uh, 3D remake no 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 exactly I- I'm not even sure this is going to make a ripple in the pond you know and to be honest I didn't like the later films that much. Like, as in, yeah. I'm talking... You know, like, there was... Uh, is it Land? I think there's ones I haven't even seen. Yeah, no, there are definitely ones I haven't seen because I tried to... It, it went um, night, dawn, day, day, and then... I think Day was my favourite one. Day was great. What was the one after that that had um, Dennis Hopper and, and the one that's got Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in it? Yeah. And Simon Baker, right? Right, 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 right. That's the last one I saw. In fact, I may have seen that with you. There's one after that, which is a found footage style. It's like Diary of the Dead, something like that. Yes. Yeah. And I, I started to watch it, and I watched about 10 minutes, I turned it off. Yeah, it looked awful. I was, I thought that was like unofficial, and I was disappointed to find that it was canon. Yeah, and also, um, the remake of Dawn was great, but the remake of Day of the Dead was not great. Is there a remake of Day mm. of the Dead? Yeah, it's got... Um, yeah. Mina Savari in it. Oh, I didn't know that. But the remake of Dawn of the Dead was good. It was written by James Gunn. Which one's Day of the Dead? Was Day of the Dead the one where they're in the shopping centre? No, no, that's Dawn. That's Dawn. Or was that yeah. Dawn? Ah, Dawn's the one yeah, I like. Yeah, Dawn that's is great. great. It's classic. Day of the Dead's the one where they're in the underground bunker. That's also great. Oh. Yeah, it's fucking I, I, terrific. I really like Day. The first yeah. three are amazing. Yeah. Especially the first one. Yeah, no, they're fantastic. It's just... Like I said, their, their tone seems... 
different to what he's describing. I mean, I mean it's yeah. a very brief synopsis, and I guess I'm, a sh- I'm making and assumptions. And also, zombies are fucking done now. They're done. Yeah. In fact, can we talk about the evil within? Yeah, I haven't played it yet. Oh. I, I held off because because I I have very limited, uh, a very short version of what I assume you're about to say communicated to me. Look, look, I don't. You guys might love this. Luke, have you started to play it? I started to play it because I know you wanted to discuss it. So I started to play it. I got probably the second chapter in or something, yeah. and I put it's it down. Boring, generic, derivative. Where's the story? It's oh fuck! Are you as confused as I am? I'm like four chapters in, and and I've given up. I've literally put it down. Yeah. Huh. In fact, they've. I was at a point where I because I. I put it down. I, I tried to play it. I put it down. I was like, nah. And then the next day I went back and I was like, just play through. You're probably just, you know, stuck in a little loop. Just get through it. And I was given a task to do by a character and I was like, I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound fun. So I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks yeah. like it's a 10-year-old game for starters. Like the design of it mm. and everything. It's how games used to look in the, the mid-2000s. Do you know what I mean? And games have evolved past then now. It's not old enough to be retro. I played it briefly at um, EB EB yep. Expo, and and yeah, that's it, right, you did. But you thought it was quite good, didn't you? I I thought it was good, but see, okay, here's the thing: that what I've played of it, basically, you start. It was chapter nine or seven or nine or something, and you're right. in a mansion, yep. like, and you walk into the mansion, and so I guess probably they chose a very interesting section of the game to show because yeah, you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Because yeah. they're trying to sell it, so maybe that's what you know. Like the puzzles that I saw were very interesting and cool, and um, the the environment of the mansion was cool. So, mm. and again, I only got to play it for uh, maybe twenty minutes. I think my biggest problem with it is is there. I don't know what the story yeah. is. There's no. No, there's no discussion. He's not talking to any characters. There's not even any internal monologue no. or anything. Mm. It's just him walking along. And it's legitimately void of exposition. Oh, that sucks. I didn't know. Hmm. Which I think with the whole idea he wants to go back to where survival horror games start and everything, well, you need to have a story because that's where the survival horror yep. games came and look, from. It's the great story, not... Yeah. And it's annoying because there are good elements to this. Like, without giving anything away, you start off wounded, right? So you can't run, you can't Mm. kind of do, like, awesome moves. You're basically hobbling along and clutching a wound. And that's interesting. Mm. You know, that's not Mm. that doesn't often happen at the start of a game, you know? Yeah. You know, you you pick up a gun, but there's no assisted targeting. Do you know what I mean? So... Yeah. If 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 you shoot your one bullet and you miss, you're fucked. You know what I mean? Like it's there's interesting kind of diversions from regular gameplay, but it's just wasted in this in this environment that's just underdeveloped. And it is a real shame because I was really looking forward to this game. Me too. Me yeah, too. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, well, we've held off on buying it now. We were going I'll, to. I'll give you my copy. Honestly, take it. Oh, yeah, you can you, you can have mine. So you can play it on 360 or Xbox One. Yeah, that's right. We suspected that this might happen, and so we decided not to get it on the weekend because we figured if you guys really didn't like it, we could probably just yeah. play it for free. Well, I was it was down to this mm. or Alien Isolation, mm. and I went with this. Perhaps I went the wrong direction. You could return it. Where did you get it from? Oh, I got it from Target. Mm, oh, okay. Maybe they, I don't know if they yeah. do that. Apparently, Alien Isolation is actually very good. I know I... I, the video wasn't very interesting. I'll be honest. Still, I don't feel like. I think that was just poor marketing. I'd go as far as saying you pissed all over it, Matt. <laughs> well, everyone's saying the game is really tense and fun to play, and you know what? It probably is. It's just sitting there watching someone dryly explain. <laughs> you, you know, like yeah, like listening to this podcast. Well, I guess if you watched <laughs> Alien. The film with somebody going, oh, so what he's done here is he's, uh, she's trying to get away from the alien. And, uh, you know, like it probably wouldn't be as interesting. Or it would be hilarious and you've just stumbled across a YouTube phenomenon of the future. <laughs> if it was Ridley Scott, I'd listen to it. No, no, no. Imagine, imagine an idiot narrating a film. 
you put classic <laughs> films online, dubbed over by a retard. God, oh, what's she doing in there? Oh no, don't go in there. Oh no. <laughs> I'd watch that. That sounds hilarious. I don't know if we could get away with doing the um the video. We could maybe put audio tracks up and say press play now. I think isn't it under under fair use? There's a certain fair use for parody. <laughs> Putting a whole put a whole film up. <laughs> yeah. The film is a parody of itself. Fair use. Yeah. Well didn't um what's he put up the whole yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark in black and white with the soundtrack removed. Soderbergh. Did you watch that? I watched a bit of it, and then I went, oh, I should watch this at some point, and yeah, I haven't had quite, time. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> I was at work, and I yeah. had a little bit, and I'm like, I can't just sit here for an hour and a half and watch this. No. Basically, he was trying to prove the point that um, the the colour palette and the music don't necessarily add to the storytelling that Spielberg can tell a story with just composition. And... It's yeah. funny to see that, because usually when you take the colour out of something, you make it black and white, it doesn't look like it was shot in black and white. It looks like something that was desaturated. Whereas this could have been shot in yes. black and white. Like, the contrast is beautiful. It just shows mm. how many different levels he's working on. Yeah, and the you know the action scenes, you never... You know, there's so much action in the film, but out of all action films, like, it's the most well-constructed in that you never get confused about right. what's happening or where you are. Yeah. Like, like if you if it cuts from, from you know, the Nazis in the truck to Indy under the truck, like, the, it's just all yeah. done so that you know what's happening yeah. at all times. It's very... I literally went back yeah. and watched that sequence when I was planning a car chase scene for my current film because it's the yeah, only right. one that I could think of that was just flawlessly executed. Yeah. But on that note, yeah. did you guys read hmm. that Janusz Kaminski, the DOP who works with Spielberg a lot, he shot Saving Private Ryan and Munich, uh, hmm. has mentioned that his next project he's working on, his next project, is Indy 5. Hmm. Really? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting because kind of, yeah, that implies it's coming soon. Yeah, unless he's not going to do anything for like 20 years and then... yeah. Well, it can't be coming too soon because isn't Harrison still off filming Star Wars? One would assume. Oh, they'll be finished that soon, won't they? Yeah, you're right, Matt. I think they'd they'd be well into that. And even if they're well into the planning stages of Indy 5, the actors don't get brought on till kind of the last minute. Mm. And also, I don't know how big his role in Star Wars really is. We've heard, like, the rumours say that he was one of the major characters, but that might not be true. Like, fuck knows. Maybe he was just in it for a couple of scenes. Well, there's also the rumours that they were going to just write him out of the script a little bit when he broke his ankle. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what, you know, what does that say? But then the other thing was, maybe that was only because um, he was supposed to be in it so much that the only solution was to write him out of it. Like, you know, there's so many conflicting rumours. It's all speculation. I assume he's in it less than Mark Hamill is. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling Mark Hamill's up for it more than <laughs> Harrison Ford yeah. is. Yeah, well, David, no, if only he was here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, I guess Indy 5 will look wonderful. That's, that's surely a different look, too, <laughs> you know, to the other ones. Yeah. What, uh, is, what's George's involvement in this going to be? Well, it'll be interesting to see whether um, you know if if they do another one without him, what's it? What will it be like? You know, because without George Lucas, mm. there won't be the crutch of George to blame. Yeah, that's true. If if there's a problem, yeah. Now there's Disney. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of terrible films, mm. we saw the most terrible film. Yeah. Oh, how was that? And it was excellent. It was so good. It's amazing, Luke. You've got to come and see it. Yeah. You, you must. Yeah. No, you do. Come down, see it. Dave would yeah, love it as gonna well. We're going to make all respective partners. We've got to go and see The Room again. It was <laughs> magnificent in its shit. All right. Let me know when it's happening again and I'll come up for it. But please explain more about it first. Okay. Well, what can you say? I mean, it's described as the Citizen Kane of bad movies. I'd, I'd say that's fairly apt. 
Yeah, it's uh, certainly the most entertaining, awful film I've ever seen. Like, it's... It's... It's a romantic drama. And it's so misguided and poorly written that it comes off as just this bizarre think piece. <laughs> like, it's, it's almost like a parody of itself in that you, it's hard to believe that all the mistakes are actually mistakes and not piss takes. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's but like Roger Explosion on um, Full Frontal yes. when, you know, with Sean yes. McAuliffe intentionally playing everything terribly, except this guy yeah. wrote, directed and starred in this film and he's dead serious. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if you wikipedia this film, Matt, after we went home. I didn't. I didn't. We looked up some stuff about Tommy Wiseau, the director. Do you know what the budget of this movie was? Oh, um, yeah, it's like eight million or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was millions yeah. of dollars. Like this thing looks like a student film, like a poorly made yeah. student film, and it and it had a it had a multi million dollar budget, and apparently, because this guy, uh, Tommy Wazoo, is that his name? Yeah, Wazoo Wazow. Yep. Wazow. Tommy sure. Wazow. <laughs> sure. Let's go with Wazow. Tommy Wazow. Uh, where's Dave to try to look up uh, phonetic words? <laughs> but um, Tommy Wiseau just decided on a whim that he wanted to be a filmmaker and he, he wrote a script and produced, directs, and stars mm-hmm. in it. And unlike other people who produce, direct, and star in their movies, like, say, Woody Allen, who kind of make themselves the butt of every <laughs> joke, um, Tommy Wiseau made himself the hero of the story and he's the only character that doesn't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and everyone else around him is is just crumbling into moral disarray and he's just... Yeah, they're all fucked except him. Yeah, and he's just the voice of sanity all the way through <laughs> to his own detriment. But he can't act. He can barely mm. speak English. And the script just manages to contradict itself at Every yep. turn. In, in, in the way that only a film written by somebody with English as a second language could be. But isn't he American, though? Yeah, but he's, he's European-American. Oh, yeah, clearly. I mean, definitely, obviously he has an accent. But, I mean, God. Yeah. But, like, does not speaking English as a first language preclude you from understanding basic things about physics where like a person can't be in two places at once like oh it's so good Luke there's a scene where two characters go for um, a football game also anytime male characters are talking to each other they're throwing a football yeah. back and forth anytime right and there's one scene where the hero and uh, kind of his best friend go to chuck the football around and um, because the hero's out of the house, the best friend takes the opportunity to sneak in to, uh, you know, have it off with his wife. Yeah. Except that the reason he's not home is because he's out with him. And then, so the, he sneaks into the house. It's literally cutting between two scenes with the same yeah. character in it. What? He, he, he's at the house with, the, with, the, with his fiance, and then he leaves, and then they're back at the park. Like, it's amazing. It makes no sense. Apparently, the scene, um, the the actor who played um, his friend um, mm. Mark uh, has apparently written a yep. book about his experience. Oh, hi, Mark! Yeah, hi, Mark! <laughs> yeah, I've got to get my hands on that that book, not that actor. Apparently, that scene, that particular scene where he comes out of the um, the noise, I didn't hear that. I didn't. Oh, it's not true. Oh, damn it! Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> that apparently took what three hours and. Um, uh, however many takes, because um, he couldn't remember the lines, um, he couldn't remember where to look, um, he couldn't remember to walk and say the lines <laughs> at the same time, and apparently the book wow. just goes into detail on how useless Tommy Wiseau was. That's funny. And it, it, apparently the script supervisor ended up kind of directing most of it because Tommy was fucking useless. Well, he had no idea what he was doing, clearly. <laughs> and, um, and then... But the, he tried to claim... He tried to sue for um, a directing credit, a co-directing oh, credit. Why would you want it? Um, 
which has been just de- yeah exactly described as like that's basically like trying to um, insist that you were the pilot of the Hindenburg. <laughs> yeah, right. Why would you want it? Although I got to say, I mean, we saw this at the Orpheum, um, and they do this once a month. Mm. And uh, oh, the other thing, yeah. y- you've got to go see this film if you can in this in this way because it's great. They they show it once a month, and they give you a little little booklet of tidbits which explains some trivia about the film and also uh in the style of you know the rocky horror screenings things that you can yell at the screen and kind of the established in jokes for the film um and they give you a bunch of plastic spoons because there's unnecessary spoon imagery every time you see a spoon you throw spoons at the screen or at the people in front of you i need a little bit more of an explanation there's pictures of spoons yeah, for no reason there's a spoon motif. Spoons appear in many shots, like some kind of symbolism that's just mm-hmm. not explained. And so you get a bunch of plastic spoons on the way in, and then whenever you see a spoon, you have to yell, SPOON! and throw the spoons, and everyone does. It's hilarious. There's lots of stuff here you yell, but you can also just yell anything. And you can, it's, you know, people were just pointing out stuff that was wrong with it constantly, just yeah, yelling was- out. And like, yeah, it was a good, it was a cool environment because it was, it was like, everyone knew it was a shit film. It didn't matter. There were a few spots where I was a bit disappointed because I couldn't hear his because anytime he yeah because people yeah, yeah anytime lines, he yeah. came into the room or in the scene, I was just the smile on my face because I'm like, what is he going to say? Because it's going to be <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, he's the worst. And um, so I was a bit disappointed yeah. sometimes because I didn't get to hear what he said. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. The fact that I read online that charmed me mm. the most, right? Did you know Tommy Wiseau misunderstood the concept of shooting something on film and later converting it to digital to be able to put it on mm. DVD, right? That he shot the film simultaneously on 35mm film and high-def video <laughs> in a custom rig that housed two cameras at once and required two operators and two separate <laughs> crews so that he would be able to release it both at the cinema and then on DVD. <laughs> Did no one explain to him that's not how it works? <laughs> Apparently they did. Apparently they tried. Have you he, he, have you seen his Twitter account, by the way? Yeah, I have. You seen his YouTube channel where he just tells you facts about the world? What? Yeah, it's called Tommy Knows or... Tommy tells it. Yeah, I need to see that. I was going to read some choice quotes from his Twitter account. Go for it. Limits are only limits when they limit what you can do for yourself. Try and reach beyond your limits and everything becomes without limits. Saying <laughs> 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 something in that for everybody. Stop saying limits. <laughs> uh, don't sleep to see your dreams. See them in life for yourself. If you are your dream, then you don't have to sleep to see them. <laughs> oh, the man's a philosopher, poet. How do you how do you walk in someone else's shoes? You don't have the same feet. Use your own shoes. Shoes don't get you where you want. Feet do. <laughs> I'm gonna put that on a poster <laughs> with Tommy Wazoo in the middle. So amazing. If I had a key, I wouldn't share. You have to make your own key because key- open it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's more of a threat <laughs> yeah, exactly. than a. Uh, uh, he's great. But yeah, I oh highly recommend this god-awful film. Yeah. I was a bit worried because even, you know, supposedly funny bad films like Plan 9 from Outer Space, I couldn't sit through. Yeah. No, I agree. Plan 9 was disappointingly... It wasn't... It was bad, but it wasn't so bad it was good. It just wasn't any good. Just bad. Yeah, just bad. Right, this is just thoroughly entertaining. In its, in its awfulness. So just to surmise, because we often tell stories kind of in a weird and wrong order on this podcast. Yes. This is a cult film that was independently made. The guy hired a billboard on Sunset Boulevard and um, kept it up for five years. Right. right? Now that's an expensive fucking billboard. Yeah. Just to promote his own film that literally only played in cinemas for a week. <laughs> Uh, but it was only because word of mouth that it was so bad started circulating that cinemas like the Cremorne Orpheum, where we saw it, yeah. 
started just playing it as a kind of eyesore. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely go see it if you can. It's worth... I mean, it's worth watching anyway. I think it'd be more fun to watch in an environment like we did with a bunch of other people. Goofy. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. When we got there, there were a lot of people who clearly seen it before and knew all the in-jokes, and it was like... Mm. Walking into, I was worried. It's like being going to another country where you just don't understand the customs, and because yeah. we're sat there, and then a guy walks in wearing a suit, and then someone yells out, "Oh, look out! It's a guy in a suit!" And his friend goes, "Oh, don't worry, he's got a football." And everyone's like, "Oh, all right, all right." <laughs> like what? Yeah, that was so weird. Everyone was going to jump. Oh, he's wearing a suit. Don't worry, he's got a football. Oh, all right. All right. And then, oh, tuxedo, tuxedo. <laughs> We've got a tuxedo here. Yeah. But like. <laughs> Yeah. Afterwards, you understood. Yeah. Well, you understood a bit more. <laughs> yeah. I'll still say that tuxedo scene made no fucking sense. Oh, it makes no sense in the film, but you understand why people yell tuxedo. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. I'm going to wear a tuxedo next time I go. Do it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. We should We should all do it. So is this on like the second Saturday of the month or? I think it's once a month on a Friday night. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what the next date is. It's. Uh, I'd say it's likely to be 21st to 28th month, of November, but we have now. to check. But yeah, we should definitely yeah. go. And I, yeah, yeah d- like I said, I think Dave would really enjoy this. Yeah, I, he'd love it. And Beck would love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, everybody would. Like, everyone's got to go yeah. see this. Trust me. God, it's so good. Yeah, and like, it's going to be fun the second time. Yep. We'll know. We'll know more to yell now. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> and I know when to, when to yeah. get ready to laugh at him. Hello, doggy. So bad. Hey, Danny. <laughs> hey, Danny. Jesus Christ. Do you want to talk about uh, butt plugs? Always. I thought you'd never ask. Because uh, they erected a <laughs> <laughs> they erected a giant butt plug in Paris. They did. did you see this? Yeah, I saw it. That's pretty and funny. And it's glorious. This is how update up to date we are. The it's now gone. Yeah, well, I was going to report on that too. It was uh, it was vandalized. Oh, really? With what? And uh, I think somebody inserted it. <laughs> right. I think they cut the supporting ropes for it or something. <laughs> but really, what it was is an artist had made this thing, and it was meant to represent a Christmas tree or yeah. something. Yeah, you but, say that, uh, but this artist's previous work include um, President Bush fucking a pig. <laughs> right. And a giant pile of dog shit. Also a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think he can really claim, oh, I didn't know it looked like a... Well, I don't know. Know. I'm, I'm saying the artist probably knew what he was doing, maybe not the people who hired him. Yeah. I'd say well, almost certainly. Sorry, I'm looking at pictures of it again, and... No, it's a butt plug. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a butt plug. Yeah, oh, it's 100% a butt plug. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, 24 metres high. Mm. So, that's... Uh, it's uh, penetrating art. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, there's wacky French. Indeed. With their butt stuff. Um, the internet has ruined something again. It, yeah. What? The internet wouldn't ruin anything? Well, the internet ruins everything. You're talking about Red Bull's decision to just give away free money? <laughs> well, I think they decided. I think they were told, didn't they? That they had to give away... S- they were told. Yeah. But get this. I mean, this, this is just funny. So, the slogan for Red Bull has always been Red Bull gives you wings. Yes. Right? I don't understand why, because it's a bull, but whatever. Yeah. Those ads are pretty weird too, right? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. But I, I didn't take it literally. I never thought it was <laughs> literally going to give me wings, right? No, no. Oh, I made that mistake once. Never again. Well, here's the thing. Somebody decided they would take that literally and uh, and sued Red Bull because they didn't get wings. <laughs> right. Uh, right. And they won. So uh, Red Bull uh, was ordered to uh, pay back anyone who claimed they had drank Red Bull and not sprouted wings. No proof of purchase. <laughs> and actually, did they have to honestly think they would get wings, or...? 
<laughs> well, I don't know how they judge. That. <laughs> you have to, you have to prove you're an idiot. Anyone? Yeah. Well, yeah, by applying. Yeah. Anyone who had bought a Red Bull since 2002 was eligible for either ten dollars cash or fifteen dollars worth of Red Bull products. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it was up to the value of thirteen million dollars. Right. Right. Yep. But of course, as soon as the internet started reporting on this, mm-hmm. um, about five million people immediately applied. Of course, which diluted the thirteen million dollars down to about three dollars per person, <laughs> which can barely even buy you a can of Red Bull. That's the irony. So they've basically just. It was just a waste, a waste of Red Bull's money, basically, because no one's getting anything out yeah. of this. It's just that's right, it's no. ridiculous. Red Bull literally had to pay three dollars to millions of people. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. Well, thanks, internet. Yeah. Are we allowed to sue people for being stupid yet? Oh, well, if you could, then the guy who sued Red Bull for thinking he was going to get wings, you could. I'd sue him because he's an idiot. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you could claim that's anything other than just being a dickhead. Like, like it's funny, I guess, but like he didn't really think he was going to get wings, did he? Like, and he's not proving a point. And it's one thing to go, oh, I didn't get wings, and it's another thing to literally go, I'm going to sue for this. I'm going to eat up a year of my life. Yeah, and it's not like in court. he's not sticking it to the man for like, like our oh, Red Bull tricked us all into thinking we were going to get wings. No, you're just being a shit. Yeah, that's yeah. all it is. Like, there's no, I mean, I know Red Bull's not very good for you unless he had. If he had some kind of political motivation, then maybe okay, maybe there's something to that. But if he literally was just like, huh, I'll teach them to say something on TV, like <laughs> I'll teach them to have a corporate slogan. Yeah. Like I could understand if Red Bull was if Red Bull was saying it was healthy for you or something. It's just a silly ad. That's false advertising. Sue away. I don't know. It just seems weird. Like, what was this guy's agenda other than trying to rip Red Bull off for millions of dollars? Well, let's let's look at. I'm going to look up company slogans. Right. Let's see how many companies we could potentially sue. sue. Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's see what we've got here. KFC. It's finger licking good. Hmm. If I don't have fingers, can I sue? (laughs) I wonder. That that would be funny. FedEx, when there is no tomorrow. Can I sue them if there is a tomorrow? What if if I find somebody who's got a home loan with Aussie and then I Mm. shoot them and then I sue Aussie because he said he'd save them? (laughs) Where was he? The Porsche... Slogan is there is no substitute, <laughs> but there are substitutes. I'm going to drive up to the courthouse in my Mazda two, and, yeah, and yeah. sue them. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's just. I mean, it's funny, I guess, but it's just. I don't know. It's just a bit weird. Can I just say the the Ajax slogan? Now, this makes sense in context, right? Mm. <laughs> but it's just funny to see on its own. Do you know what the Ajax slogan is? No. Stronger than dirt. (laughs) (laughs) No, it cleans dirt. So when you think about it, you're like, well, that makes sense. But that's a shitty slogan. Yeah. That's also my slogan. (laughs) (laughs) I saw the funniest tagline, right, on a housing development out west when I was doing a movie shoot out there. Right. And it was a housing development that was supposed to have that kind of retro charm of the 50s, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Very retro. So the slogan was, you know, like, whatever the name of the housing development was, mm. an idea conceived yesterday, <laughs> which I guess supposed to imply the retro, but really just makes it seem like it's not well thought out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like Sydney. Poorly planned. Yeah, that's right. What about just the Energizer one? It keeps going and going and going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Until it stops. Yeah. Good point. Which is really what they all do. Of course. Yeah. Mm. They keep going until they stop. There's eBay, buy it, sell it, love it. Hmm. Well, it would have to be the other way around. Because you've bought it, then you've sold it. Hmm. 
Yeah. So how could you love it? Exactly. Mm. Well, yeah, I love that I sold it because I didn't want it because I bought it on eBay. Burger King says, I'll have it your way. <laughs> I'd like it free. <laughs> Visas is, it's everywhere you want to be. That's kind of like rubbing my face in it, isn't it? Oh, it's in that girl from high school's pants that I never got to make it. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to talk about this hatred game? Yeah. Okay, so what is hatred? Has anyone watched the trailer for hatred? Yeah, yeah, I watched it, yeah. 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 Well, it's a wow. game where you massacre innocent people because uh, your character is, quote-unquote, full of hate. Yeah. Um, Epic contacted them. Uh, their trailer originally, because it's made with the Unreal Engine, featured the Unreal logo at the beginning of the trailer. <laughs> uh, Epic And they were not into that. No, Epic contacted them and said, yeah, please remove our name from this. Um, <laughs> which they did. And the guy actually said, it was funny, the guy said um, he thought the terms of the Unreal license were that they were required to put the logo in. <laughs> yeah, and he said so. You know, he said he's happy to remove it, but he uh, he's pretty sure that they were originally told that it was a requirement. That is so funny. Now, I don't know what your response is mm. to this trailer, but I watched this going, "Oh, this is this is awful." This I actually would probably enjoy this. This looks really really fucking fun. Like. This looks like a game. I mean, I'd probably only play it for 10 minutes, but I just watched a bit. He's walking through a park. There's a woman's trying to scramble away. He grabs her by the by the clothing, puts his gun in her mouth, and then just blows out the back of her head. Yeah, it's, like, that does seem pretty fun. It's very full on. Um it's kind of like po- it's postal basically. Like like it's it's the new version of postal. This this look this makes postal look like Postman Pat. I agree, but only because it's it's modern, bloody game engine yeah. kind of thing. Like it's po- what Postal wanted to do, I assume. Yeah. Um, mm. One other thing that's kind of come up uh, since the video was released: this the the company making this is um, a Polish company, mm. and oh, Matt's about to get anti-Semitic. No, they are apparently. Um, Due to uh, uh, everybody who works at the um, the studio has their own Facebook page and everything, obviously, and and somebody's gone through and checked all these pages, and they do all appear to be members of um, neo-Nazi and racist um, oh, groups. Right. Okay. So. Um, well then. Uh, yeah. Um, hatred is not apolitical. In fact, the opposite is true. It's a game about glorifying violent racism and white supremacy. Consider the game's trailer, which conspicuously lingers on the white protagonist brutally murdering and mutilating people of color. I'm I actually I I watched for that after I read this. I don't know if that's true unless they've changed the trailer because um it um he he murders white people as well. So I mean you know I, I'm not saying they're wrong, but I mean. There is a shot of him murdering a coloured person, and there's also shots of him murdering white people, so I don't know if that's true. But, yeah, apparently on all the developers' Facebook pages, they're members of um, some guerrilla... Are we we allowed to say coloured person? (laughs) I don't know, that's what the article says. I'm not not sure we can say coloured. Really? I think that went out out in the um, To Kill a Mockingbird era. I think I think coloured has been off the table for a while now, and uh, and that's coming from me. Well, I, well then, let me clarify then that I only I, you see him kill a darkie. <laughs> it's and, not. Uh, I only said that because that's what the article says, and I didn't realise. So I apologise. The article's full of hate, Matt. Can we please? Okay, Jenna, beep what I said. I apologise. I wasn't. No, it's going to sound worse. If you... Keep it. No, we can leave this bit <laughs> in. Just keep it in and keep the bit in where I pull you up on it. It's, it's the only way. All right. I yeah. po- if I offended anyway, I apologize. I didn't realize. Otherwise, th- people are going to think you said something else. Something we used to say on this podcast, but don't say anymore. <laughs> well, this article is clearly anti-racism. Um, so I was just using the vernacular the article used. I apologize if I've offended yeah. anybody. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, Matt. Coloreds don't listen to this podcast. I'm sure they don't. We've driven them all away. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Well, do we want to hear from um, from our favourite actor? I sure do. Uh, yeah, we do. 
Luke, because uh, there's definitely some Shia LaBeouf news this week. Yeah, you haven't heard this yet, Luke, have you? No. Well, we discussed previously that um, Mr. LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf, um, was arrested at a Broadway production of Cabaret, which I mistook for a cabaret show. Funny enough, so did he. Yeah, so did he. So, but you'll hear more about that in a second. So he was on Jimmy Kimmel, and he um he was asked you'll you'll hear he was asked to to explain the story of how he came to be arrested at a at a production at the production and um and he told the story and it's it's an amazing story. Yeah. So um should we just jump straight into it? Take it away. Go for it. Alright. You seem to have gone crazy since the last time I saw you. Is it does that seem that way, doesn't it? <laughs> you were arrested at the musical cabaret. Yeah. So I land in New York. I'm coming back from Ireland. Yes. So I had been drinking a lot of whiskey in Ireland. I come back, I'm, I'm, uh, I land, and it's the World Cup. Okay. So, I'm, so I'm sitting at a, at a bar, and I'm, I'm drinking a whole lot of whiskey. Uh-huh. And I'm watching this uh, World Cup. It's South Korea versus, I forget the other team, uh, Lithuania or something. Okay. Um, so so I'm, I'm, all, I'm all Lithuania. And, uh, and I go outside, I have a cigarette, and there's this homeless man out there. And I, I was, I, I'm, I'm, same thing I'm working on here is uh, this homeless Marine. And I start talking to him, we start getting into a conversation. And then a woman runs up and starts taking pictures of me with her cell phone, and, and it trips him out. So, so, and I'm three sheets to the wind, and I, I can't really calm him down. He starts running down the road after like 30 minutes of conversation. So I start running after him, and I'm, I'm trying to calm this homeless man down in the middle of Times Square. We, I chase him for a while. I'm trying to calm him down. Hey, it's me. We were just talking. Relax. And he's gone. So I turn around. I start walking back to the bar to pay my bill, and I see uh, this dude who comes up, and I don't know this guy, but he comes up to me. He says, "Hey, shy. Hey, man. I'm a big fan." I said, "Thank you." You know. He says, "Hey, what are you doing tonight?" And uh, and he says, "Well." Uh, why don't you come to my show? You know, I'm a dancer in this cabaret show. And I said, cabaret? Yeah, cabaret. Cabaret is exactly what I want to do, cabaret. So, so I, he gives me a ticket. I go up to, I go up to the thing, and, and the cabaret is maybe a block away from my thing, from my uh, bar. I get in the theater, and it's set up in, 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 in an old club. And there was all these women in burlesque, and I'm like, oh, this really is some kind of party or something. So, so uh, I'm walking to my seat, and on the way to the seat, I see that there's this bar over here. And I go, oh, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll have another drink because I need one. So, so I, I get another double whiskey, and I sit in my seat, and there's these two beautiful 50-year-old women. And, and I say, uh, oh, yeah, well, tonight's tonight, ladies. What's it going to be? What do you want to drink? And, uh, and they look at me like, don't talk to me. <laughs> um, so I, I take it as a sign that they want exactly what I'm drinking. So I, 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 so I turn around, I go back to the bar. And I get uh, two more double whiskeys. I walk back to my seat with these drinks, and uh, and I put the drinks down, and they don't want nothing to do with it. And I say, "Well, all right, well you're not gonna have them, so I'll have them." And so now I'm now I'm drinking these drinks, and the show starts, and uh, and out comes Alan Cumming, and uh, he's smoking a cigarette. So I go, "Oh, he's got kind of party, perfect. I, I want to have a cigarette too." And then he he puts a cigarette out, and he starts walking. He's like he's it looks like he's winking at me. And I'm thinking, oh, well, this is great. And at this point, I see the, the ballet guy who gave me the ticket. And I'm like, hey, what's going on, pal? And now everybody's looking at me. And now I'm feeling like, whoa, this is kind of weird. I didn't know it was that kind of show. Alan Cummings walks past me. I forget all about that again. And all I'm thinking about is the, the leather pants and him winking at me. And he walks past me. And I, I give him a slap on the ass because I think he deserves it. He, he finds a way to wiggle out of my Hercules grip. And, uh, and I'm a little disappointed about it. So I think it's time to have another cigarette. So... So I start having a cigarette, and the security guard comes up and says, can you put the cigarette out? No problem. Anyway, we get to intermission, and a, a person tells me, there's another party outside. And I'm thinking, oh, well, okay. And, uh, and I see six cops having their own party. I get to the station, and I quickly realize, this isn't, I'm not supposed to be here. You know, this is not, I'm not made for this setup. This dude says, oh, Whitey's here. It's time for snitching. And I'm like, oh, oh, boy. Oh, man. So, so my possum is like, you got to do something, man. You got to do something. You're going to die in here. So I turn into Tupac. And now I'm, now, I'm, now I'm ripping my shirt off and I'm doing push-ups like, you know, don't mess with me, dog. I'm crazy, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and the guy's like, what are you in here for? And I'm like, cabaret. <laughs> cabaret. And, uh, and so, so I figured, you know, I'm going to spit on this cop's shoe. That's my way out. So I spit on his shoe and I'm looking at him. And it was. And he put a mask on me, a Hannibal mask and a lead jacket. And ushered me into my private little dwelling uh, <laughs> where I sat for 25 hours. That's the story. Oh, wow. What a night. Yeah, what a <laughs> night, man. So that's the story. It's funny because I can relate. 
It's like a night out that I would have, except I'm not famous, so people don't invite me to things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in the day, Matt. I mean, if you'd been famous when you pulled some of your famous stunts, then that would you'd be on Kimmel explaining yourself <laughs> as well, exactly like why you threw a bottle through the back window of your own car. Exactly, that's what I mean. I can sort of relate, and like, yeah, it, it must be obviously it's different for someone like him being out and drunk in public, but on by himself. You know, like if I'm out drunk in public by myself, I'm just a nuisance. Whereas he's yeah. he's Shia LaBeouf first until he becomes a nuisance. Yeah. So right. he can get himself into crazier situations than I ever could. <laughs> oh man. But anyway, yeah, he's oh, Shia. He's great. So you don't know, you uh you dislike Shia LaBeouf now, Luke? Shia LaBeouf. Oh, I always have. Oh, he's in the Kristen Stewart bucket, yeah. is he? He in is. The bucket with her. Who would yep. you? Uh, who would you have sex with out of them two if you had to? Shia LaBeouf, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, Luke. What, why would I you, have, you, to? You have to? You have to. You have to. What? 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 What happens if I choose no? You're going out the airlock. We shoot your mum in the head. <laughs> Jesus. Whoa. Stay out of this, Matt. Crap. Right. Luke, answer the fucking question. <laughs> yep, sorry. Jimmy um, says Luke. I can't control him when he's like this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I would I'd sleep with Shire. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, yep. And he's drunk. <laughs> he's drunk and he's doing well, push-ups. He's drunk. He's got his shirt on. Fucking. <laughs> he's still got the Hannibal mask on. Yep. Yep. Imagine that. Yeah. That's terrifying. Drunk Shia LaBeouf. And when you spit on him, he's just gonna sp- he's gonna spit back on you. Oh. Which? No, that was the one thing I had the worst part about that. That he spat on someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the worst, was it? Yeah. Yeah, you got through all of that, and then you're like, oh, that's disgusting. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed it, then please subscribe and iTunes to receive episodes automatically. We'll see you next time.